0: He thought they were, like, Illuminati or something, you know? He didn't realize he was in a computer program, but he was, like, after the agents. We all heard Asians. <laughs> so for the rest of the campaign, we assumed he was a racist little girl. <laughs>
1: Welcome, everybody, to the first Get Wallace podcast. Did you just... Clearly, dragged a wire right across the tail. <laughs> I just picked up everything. Oh I was
0: leaning back. I'll feel I didn't... Brilliant start. Yeah. I was leaning back. I didn't realize it would, it would
1: do that. Very sensitive microphones. Very sensitive. Ah, That's very fine, good. though. I'm Ryan. Uh, Hi, I'm Chris. Hi, I'm Keith. Hi, Hi. I'm Dustin. And today we're going to get lost in tabletop RPGs. A topic I think most of us are familiar with. I would hope so anyway
0: and Get Lost is an accurate description of what's going to happen when gamers start talking about their characters.
1: Yeah, well, that's defi- well. not only that, but just stories and other offshoots that constantly happen with these kind of things. And, uh, and the good thing is I figured this is a pretty good group since we all play together, for one thing, for uh, tabletop RPG, uh, the Star Wars one. But I'm sure most of you have m- way more experience with this stuff than I do. Uh, Chris, obviously, is our GM. Hello. Which is our game master and kind of leader for most of our stories. Wait, GM stands for game master? I don't know. I was told it stood for God, man. It's pretty much the same thing. i <laughs> down to it. I've been
2: worshipping the wrong thing then.
1: <laughs> but, yeah. And, uh, so yeah. We'll just be getting there today. Um, I don't know if you guys have any stories or anything else that you want to tell today. But I know most of us have been playing just the Star Wars one together, but...
0: I did have one I wanted to mention, and it's kind of an obvious place to start, but I always think it's a good place to start when you're talking about RPGs, is um, kind of the first rule is to have fun. And I always loved how the Dungeons & Dragons like 3.5 edition Dungeon Master Guide, that was literally the first paragraph in the GM Guide was, hey, here are a ton of rules, pick and choose,
1: because y'all are just supposed to have fun with this. Yeah. Which, I mean, and that is one of the biggest things for Game Masters to keep control over is making sure that everybody has fun. I mean, obviously when you get a lot of different types of people and um, people trying to create characters without stepping on other characters and stuff like that, you can get people that get a little heated about different topics or where they think the story should go and uh, definitely that first rule is a really big and important one. But it's yeah. easily it's easily overlooked. Yeah, so. but I mean, I, you know, not necessarily in a bad way though. I mean, because some sometimes I mean, it's a, a, the biggest thing about tabletop RPGs is the ability to go where you want. Yeah, I mean, you have a GM, you have a DM, whatever you want to call it, yeah. Dungeon Master, God Master. You know, I think, Star, Master.
0: I think in Star Wars, it's the narrator.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like that that person always just trying to keep everybody in. Trying uh, to rein in the chaos. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, or at least a straight line for most of the story. Yeah, you
3: know. yeah, I've lucked out because most of the groups I have played with have always gone by the um
1: just wing it rule. You know, which I guess can also be like the just fuck it rule. <laughs> yeah, because that's really what it is. So <laughs> so at we, some are, point. we are
0: allowed to curse on this thing. Now. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. You know, but yeah. It's pretty most
1: much of the
0: always. time when I I've played, it's
2: just okay. Here's where we start. We do have a goal in mind, but anything in between there, all fair game. You will want to stab me by the end of this game, but we're going to have fun getting to that point.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, like, me and some of my other friends that got me into gaming, we would sit there and just try to piss off the GM at times, just see how much we could railroad stuff. Yeah. To the point where we actually had a GM in D&D just start opening up portals to throw bewicks at us. <laughs> You're, you have to climb a mountain you all are pissing me off dodge this you, now here comes the Cadillac oh there's a school bus falling at you what are you
1: going to do <laughs> yeah I mean like you and I one of the things that we did back when I think you, Chris you had actually tried to get us to play the was it the Dragon Age RPG one time yeah and Dustin and I kind of railroaded that one by just <laughs> going around stealing couches like that, that was a big joke yeah that is that's kind of on. become the staple now too yeah which is fun, though, because like I said, I mean, that's the biggest thing about tabletop RPGs is the ability to go anywhere you want. So, I mean, if your character, if you just play a game and you decide that this character would steal a couch, and you steal a couch, you're still having fun. And you're still creating different stories and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like Dustin said, it's it's screwing or fucking with the, you know, <laughs> the game master and stuff, which is usually pretty
0: fun. I really wish that I could go back um, and. <clears throat> <clears throat> Talked to a couple people uh, when I was going to like CNU. Oh, I gotta put a copyright in there now, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, but they would talk about how, oh, you know, the characters wouldn't do that. They're not being serious. And nowadays, you know, now that I think about it, I'm sitting here thinking, actually, you're talking about people who can summon monsters from out of nowhere, throw fireballs on a whim, and basically change their shape and basically alter reality at a, at a whim. I actually would argue they would do that because they can, you know, like, oh, they wouldn't steal couches. Why not? I mean, they can. I mean, one of the funniest scenes in Big Lebowski is when he takes the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's It just really like, tied that it, room together. I, mean, <laughs> I knew someone was going to do that joke. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I would even tell people nowadays, it's like, no, the people, the people you're portraying, they're not normal. Yeah, so they would. They would totally steal furniture. I mean, you're lucky if that's the least thing they do. Yeah,
3: yeah. One of our GMs had to basically deal with the fact that my friends playing D anD D. All right, here's a mission. All right, your quest or whatever. Yeah, they decided instead. Well, we got to the village. We saved it. Well, the clerics like they don't have a temple. Well, I'm going to open a temple, to my god, and heal people. I'm going to go be a farmer. I'm going to go open a bar. I'm going to sit there and be the town blacksmith. All right, the campaign ended in two games. (laughs) They all just retired to a village. I'm like...
0: But they took that village over. (laughs) Yeah. They were the most skilled people there. Yeah. Yeah,
3: but the GM was just left going, well, shit, what happens to the bad guy? I don't know. We don't care. We protected the village. He's way over there. We're going to sit there and stay here.
2: (laughs) An interesting thing I've noticed when I've played with people is they don't know the difference between... Action and adventure. The RPG, it's all about the adventure, not just a constant stream of fights. It's, you know, what kind of mischief can you get into along the way? I mean, playing a Wheel of Time RPG.
0: Oh, I love that one.
2: We spent an entire session just in this Lord's Manor at a party and. It's like, okay, I'm going to pretend to be a Gleeman, so all these adventures, I'm going to make up songs about them and entice the ladies,
1: and... Yeah. yeah. Well, and, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, just yeah. to go off on that tangent, I mean, we in the Star Wars one that we play, which, you know, obviously it's in a set universe, set rules and that kind of stuff, but we break those rules all the time. Like, I mean, if you have... In D&D, if you have a, a bard or something like that that you wanted to play that sings songs to get the ladies... Or in our Star Wars one, like me, you just have somebody that decides that they're just going to steal an Imperial Commander and throw him in a a, a, a trunk and, and carry him around go. with them for no reason, you know, other than oh, you had a reason. I have many reasons, but those <laughs> have a really I've come up. Anyone listening, yet. are you
2: familiar with the term Stockholm Syndrome? <laughs> That's pretty much what he's got going on right now.
1: It's okay, she'll be fine.
2: <laughs> That's right. We have a medical droid keeping her heavily sedated most of the time.
0: But then, no, like Was he supposed to sedate her?
1: <laughs> but yeah, I think we might that, actually have problems, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The
3: counter to that though is that I actually played a RPG with a group of friends that the entire point was just action. And it was you're basically in an action movie. If you have a shotgun and you shoot you're shooting somebody if you go ka-ching before you sit there and fire at them, you got a bonus. And it was like the more crazy, over the top stuff you would do, like in an action movie, the more likely you were to succeed.
1: Yeah,
0: I briefly played a an RPG from uh, the Slayers, which is a anime that uh, you know a bunch of my friends like, and they made an RPG for it. And kind of the one of the rules for that was similar to what you just said: is all the spells had a chant. Well, in the RPG, uh, I think one of the characters explains, you can fire this spell without the chant. It just takes a lot more effort. So they incorporated that into the game. So if you actually sat there and said the entire chant for the dragon slave, the DC to cast it was like five less. <laughs> you know, So if you actually memorized that whole chant, you could do it every time, and yeah. it, would, it would lower, you know, it would give you like a reward for actually like playing a character that says the whole spell.
2: Yeah. Totally should have been a bonus if you made up a chant there on the
3: spot.
1: (laughs) Well, and that, actually speaking of, that's something that you always reward in the the Star Wars one that we play, is like, you know, somebody makes a reference to Star Wars, or someone makes a pretty good joke or something that's, you know, a little bit more uh, XP or something like that, that's always given out. Or if,
2: in my case, I happen to come to the game night strapped with weapons. (laughs) That is yeah. true. Yes, for those uh, flash- of you who don't top realize, top um, well.
0: Keith here uh, is, is probably best described as a method actor. <laughs> so he actually came girded for battle. Like, he literally had his wife tie weapons to him under his shirt. So <laughs> I had a holdout <clears> blaster <throat> hidden up my sleeve. I had a blaster pistol hidden under a top hat. He had a top hat, by the way. I, I someday he's gonna show up with a monocle and I'm just gonna hand him the DM screen. Yeah. <laughs> Mustn't forget the hat.
1: It's a very nice hat it has served me well <laughs> and the, and uh, that's something else too like I was I was gonna bring this up though yeah uh, you know, as far as RPGs I, this is something we probably should have gotten to at the beginning of this, but there is always uh trying to explain this to other people uh, it comes across sometimes as like a little bit nerdy or a little bit different or whatever. And it, I feel like that there's still that stigma there that's been there forever, where it's really just a bunch of people hanging out and doing nothing more than having some drinks and enjoying each other's company and, and playing something that you could do online, but you're doing it in person, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
2: Well, that always reminds me of my sister-in-law would get after me, you know, calling me a nerd and everything, because I would get together with my friends to practice sword fighting. You know, we'd do, we were all big fans of fencing, and so we'd get together to practice out on the weekends, but she just thought, like, you're a grown man, why are you doing that? Well, which is more ridiculous? Grown men practicing martial arts, or grown men dressing up in spandex and jumping all over each other while trying to catch a small ball?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Which, I mean... And that's and that's the thing is like both are acceptable. I mean, if you want to go out and play football or soccer or something like that and have at it. at The same time, like something like LARPing, which is an extension of tabletop RPGs, just real life version of it. You know, people want well, quote unquote real life. You know what I mean? But that's still like that's people getting out and about. Like that's that's still something out there. You know? Yeah, they're at least outside getting some exercise and having some fun. Exactly. Which you know, and like I said, the stigma is there. I mean, even when I when I first started talking about doing this particular subject, as the uh, the topic for the first one, I had people telling me that like you know, uh, if you if you mentioned D i I'd just turn it off. And it's like, well, I mean, you can, or you could stop and just kind of listen to something that you don't really understand, which I think is mainly a lot of people. Because like Dustin, you. Pointed out that I mean this is on the rise. This is something yeah. that's very popular in today's culture. Um yeah. I mean, you can literally go on YouTube now and watch people play whole games of D anD
0: um, I mean, if you ever watch uh, Acquisitions Incorporated, which is the guys from uh, Penny Arcade, uh, which is the guys from Penny Arcade. Again, put the copyright
1: there. Um, no, they don't get one. <laughs> oh, okay, they got a mention, <laughs> so they're fine. <laughs> Free plug.
0: They, um, you know, they. You sit there and you watch them, and they. They were having a blast, and even if you listen to their podcast where they where they first did it, yeah. Um, who plays Jim Dark Magic? It's not Jerry; it's um, Mike, yeah. Mike Krahulik, He admits in the first podcast, he's like, "I've never played this game." And everyone was immediately floored because they were just like, "Oh my god, you're the nerdiest person we know!" And he's like, "Well, I've been doing video games. I've never actually done a tabletop game. So, and you know, and then like a year or two later, or a few years later, he's running one of the games as like a guest GM. So,
1: yeah, you know. yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, you, you have other like mean, the biggest thing is all right. So, you know, mo- most of the groups I follow at least have some sort of D and D s thing going on. Like, I mean, obviously, I follow Rooster Teeth. They have stuff like Heroes and Halfwits. I think, what is it? The other one is like Twits and Crits or something like that. And then you have people like Geek and Sundry. Now, all of these are fairly big on YouTube, prevalent in the culture of, you know, Comic-Con nerds, that kind of thing. But then outside of that, you also have like a lot of celebrities themselves that are playing. People like Vin Diesel, you know, who you would probably never see as the kind of person that would play D&D. However, he's... Proven time and time again that not only does he actually play D anD D, but he plays with most of the cast members they ends up working with. Yeah, you know, they, I mean, the man made a movie about one of his characters it was not probably the best movie. <laughs> well, in yeah, the and triple X. Yeah, yeah, and triple X. He has you know a
3: tattoo of one of his D anD D characters on yeah,
1: him. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, and that's I, I I'm personally happy for it, because when I was in high school, like, the high school that I came from, there were a few people that kind of played D&D and talked about it every now and then, but I didn't have a prevalent group that was playing or anyone that was, you know, really, but as we got out, as we got into college, definitely started hearing about more of, like, classmates that were playing, um, that kind of stuff, and then once I met Dustin, that's when I started playing, because, you know, got introduced to you, Chris, and... We started putting together little groups and stuff like that for board games, which yeah. Is another, you know.
3: And when I was in high school, didn't know anybody who played any of that stuff. I was mainly into video games and stuff. Yeah. Went to college and hung out with friends who still video games. Started modding and you know video games and stuff like that. It wasn't until I came back and met friends of friends who you know did it and went, hey, you want to try? And said, sure, why not? Yeah. I got nothing better to do <laughs> on this weekend. And I was like, all right, now I'm hooked.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to be the weirdo then, because everybody's saying, oh, we heard about it in high school, we didn't get into it in college. No, I I grew up overseas, so I grew up in England, yeah. in Germany, because my dad was in the Air Force, and they have a lot more, like, I guess, board game. I, I want to say it's because they're board games with castles, because mm-hmm. they actually have castles over there. Yeah. Um, you got games like Hero Quest, Battle Masters, all, all these other kinds of games. Nightmare was, like, a really big... Uh, tv show over there which right is, which was like a cgi rpg basically with the host being like this you know uh, they even called him uh, god what was it that i can't even remember his name now i want to say he was the dungeon master was even his name but um i guess because it's just more prevalent over there i actually heard about it for a while i couldn't find players really until yeah. uh until we got to like until I went to, you know, CNU and, and college and stuff, that's where I actually started getting a lot of other players. Until then, I just, it was like board games, and I, I always grabbed the ones you could play one player. <laughs> Cause my, yeah. Or two player, because my brother, you know, he was there too, so.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, like you were saying, with overseas, like having just the, the expanded already that they had stuff with a lot of, like, castles and that kind of stuff, obviously, yeah, it's a that's a big plus for playing a game that's set in a medieval-like world, but the biggest thing about tabletop RPGs these days is the fact that there's so many, so many varying topics as well. Like, yeah, you could play, (coughs) yeah, you could play the the tried and true Dungeons and Dragons, or you could play Star Wars, which is based on the Star Wars world, which there are a lot of fans of that love playing that kind of stuff or talking about that kind of stuff.
0: Well, they even have one called D20 Modern, and I've had to tell people, I'm like, D20 Modern is not, like... That's just the vanilla setting. You actually yeah. could apply that system to any, like, do you want it? You could do a Shadowrun esque uh, game using that RPG if you don't want to play the actual Shadowrun RPG. You could just use the D20 modern. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah.
3: We actually used that system in one game for um, basically some spy espionage game set during World War II that had you know references to you know, Wolfenstein the video game yeah. in it.
0: By the way, there is a D20 modern. Uh, uh, was it? No, it's D20 medieval. They came out with a D20 medieval expansion, and when somebody was telling me about it, I was just like D20 medieval. Oh, you mean D and D? And they were yeah. like, No, no, it's an expansion of D20 modern. I'm like, You mean uh-huh. it's it's a it's the D20 system set in the medieval setting where there's magic and stuff? Yeah. And I'm like, That's D and D. Dungeons and That's that's D and D, dude. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so D and D made an expansion to this game that became D and D. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, and that, yeah, you know, all right, so speaking of modern times, too, like, that's, I mean, personally, I I always thought it was cool when I first heard about uh, Shadowrun, which is one that I haven't gotten to play, but I have actually spent Looking at you, books.
0: Dustin. <laughs> yeah. We have yeah. characters. What's <laughs> taking so long?
1: No, it was Alex that was going to run that one. Yeah. Sure.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, that... You that, have the books literally ten feet behind you <laughs> right now.
1: <laughs> I prefer playing that one instead of running that one. Yeah. But and that and that was the thing was like that particular game always interested me because it was a it was essentially like so America. It's just if America suddenly got a whole bunch of crazy magic back, people started spawning into various creatures, and and then from there you would play. I mean, you could either play like the old tried and true like shaman, wizard, that kind of thing, or you could start going into like you know. The cyberpunk, yes. you know, modding yourself. Yeah, cyberpunk, like into the kind of internet culture, and like that's that's what I love about tabletop RPGs. Is it doesn't just span one group. Like, if you're into computers, you could probably find a tabletop RPG that has to do with computers, with you know, you know, the hacking world or whatever, whatever you're looking at. Well, there's, even the there's one stuff there. But then you know, Shadowrun. Yeah, exactly. And you play the
3: decker yeah. character. And yeah. You Either, you know, hacking into stuff. You got the people who can sit there and control drones instead of, you know, going out themselves.
1: Yeah. Which is why it's like
0: I, I said, was fascinated with the reporter character. Like, you could actually be a reporter. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, corporate espionage and I'm a reporter. I'm like, wow, okay. So, you know, it's kind of like, it was kind of like, this is kind of like a bard. You know, my primary stat is charisma. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm going to be on the news. You know? I've
1: always thought that was really cool that it, um, that tabletop RPGs also like allowed it allowed people to view uh, creatively creating characters. I mean, if obviously like a lot of writers have said that they um, you know, are very interested in stuff like tabletop RPGs, obviously cuz they get to create different characters. I mean, one of my favorite series was uh, Dragonlance, and obviously one that started as just an expanded campaign um, for D anD D, and later became like a whole world and a whole book series. You know, um,
0: I feel like I should do. I feel like I should do like hashtag hashtag Raceland for for God. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take a seat, Takiyas. He's better than you.
2: <laughs> I am uh, working on a book series myself and. Yeah, when I was making my character for our Star Wars campaign, I just like I was having so much fun with it just because the whole creation aspect of RPGs is it's almost intoxicating to the point where I'm like, Okay, I have to stop adding details to this character. Just we're not gonna be able to get into any of this. None of this is going to matter. Just stop.
0: Yeah. One of my friends, uh his name's Michael Mann, and if he's listening to this, hey Mike. Um <laughs> Or if he ever listens to this, now, he is one of the funnest people to play role-playing games with. Um, but he's how do I put this? He's um, he's kind of like a slow. He's a slow cooker. Like he will start off, and he will make a character, and it really will be just the most vanilla thing you've ever seen, and you'll stop paying attention to him. Yeah. And then slowly over time, he will start adding little details that inevitably come up and end up, like, changing the whole course of an adventure, you know? So, like, um... What was it? He was... The most famous one that I remember off the top of my head is we were playing Star Wars. Uh, It was the old D20 Star Wars RPG. And he was a uh, Duros, which is like those uh, alien-looking dudes who specialize in piloting, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And we got to this... uh, we were trying to break into this this thing, and Mike is just like, well, I'll just put a dress on and walk in the front door. <laughs> and, yeah, we all started laughing because we were just like, you're going to dress as a woman? And he looked at us funny for a full, like, ten seconds and went, I, I am. I'm playing a woman. <laughs> and none of us knew it. None of us realized it. But on his character, he wrote Female Duros. Yeah. And it just it had never come <laughs> up, and it kind of became – a running gag, like a fun thing we did every time we played a new RPG, is we would look at it and go, "Mike, are you a man or a woman this time?" <laughs> like, let's be sure. Lift that, <laughs> lift your skirt up. Let me see. <laughs> you know, so, but he did that. He did those kind of things where yeah. just like it would randomly show up. And by the end of the campaign, his character would be this. This detailed creation with all of these different like stories, and we would remember them because funny things happened. You know, like, oh, where are we going to find a guy who can fly a plane? Well, I can fly a plane. Yeah. You know, um, one of his favorite uh, abilities, in, in and there was an RPG called Spycraft. There was an ability called I can swim, and what it did is it lets you take like normally you have to spend skill points when you level up. Well, this right. feat lets you take your skill points. And hold them, and then when you needed a skill, you could immediately put a certain number of ranks into that skill, and just go, "Oh, hey, I know how to do that." Yeah, you know, it's just like one of those amazing things. And so that's it's well, that's what you are like getting being at. Someone at the, the in
2: the Matrix, <coughs> you know, all you have to do is just call yes. up the operator and say, "Hey, I need this ability." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um,
0: interestingly enough, we played a Matrix RPG using the D twenty Modern thing, and one of the running gags with Mike is he played. He was playing a little girl. Yeah. And I think his his story was that he was hunting agents because he wanted to, um, like, find the agents of the Matrix. He thought they were, like, Illuminati or something, you know? He didn't realize he was in a computer program, but he was, like, after the agents. We all heard Asians. <laughs> <laughs> so for the rest of the campaign, we assumed he was a racist little girl. <laughs> and he... He protested, you know, the first, the first like couple times, but then after that, he just started rolling with it. You know, yeah. he would make like a offhand racist comment, and we were just like, "We knew it, we knew You said Asians, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, when but, I, you know, touching on what yeah. you said, it start. You start off with a lot of detail, and Mike would start off with none and just build, right? You know, either way works.
3: Yeah, like when I started playing, I started with D anD D, and that system of creating characters, it was just like, all right, you know, how. Badass, do I want to try and make my character? It mm-hmm. wasn't until I started playing Shadowrun that was like, I was introduced to the idea of, you know, oh, you get you know, bonuses to your characters. You can tie or take flaws and make your character a little worse in these other areas oh, to make yourself better. works and flaws, maybe. Yeah. So I was like, all right. And then I eventually made one of my favorite characters, Tank, who was completely illiterate, didn't know how to use <laughs> computers or any of this stuff. Lived in you know, some run down shanty or whatever. But my God, could that man or that troll take a beating and give out a beating. <laughs> that and, diff, dumb black kid sure would yeah. play a mean pinball. Yeah, and it got to the point where like we had people who were very good at computers trying to break into, you know, a door or whatever. And I'd just be like, I can open it and I was like, I can hack that door And they're like, You're illiterate and I'm like, Alright, let me grab all these dice and roll it and like Alright, I do this much damage to the door And then GM's like, yeah, you knock the door off its hinges Door open (laughs) (laughs) You're Hulk, basically (laughs) Yeah Pretty much, the GM Was so used to, like, putting, like, alright, you're fighting Five or six guys And the rest of the group is like, you know There's five or six of us So they're like, alright, they start focusing on one person And they turn around and I've already killed, like, four of the others And it's like Yeah, I picked him up, and then I proceeded to use him to beat his other friends to death. And then I threw him out the window. (laughs) It's like, alright, next encounter, you're going up against 25 people. These three are for you, the other 22 are for Dustin. (laughs) (laughs) That that Uh, reminds me of, you know, going back to that Wheel of Time
2: RPG I told you about. Uh, One of my friends playing it wanted to make an Ogier Gardener. It's basically like a big troll sort of dude. And he wanted his weapon proficiency to be people. <laughs> he would beat someone to death and then pick them up and use them as like a people flail.
3: <laughs> I didn't even beat them to death. I picked them up while they were still alive, so they were screaming. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, alright, my weapons, alright? I'm gonna, you know, play an add-up, so I'm a magical character, but I don't cast spells. You know, I just enhance myself. Alright, I got my fist. And Natural then I'm gonna improvise weapons. weapons. So people. what?
0: Natural male enhancements. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Natural mm-hmm. troll enhancement. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, and uh, going back to what you were saying, you know, small callback here. You're saying your friend's Duros character, you know, that's the alien-looking people. When when you said alien, I know you meant the extraterrestrial guys, you know, big head, big eyes, sort of thing. Yeah, the one
0: Steven Spielberg uses in literally everything. Everything, he does. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But when you said alien, I was picturing xenomorphs.
0: <laughs> and so, <laughs> as if, you should, you, because that's what they're actually called—aliens, <laughs> not freaking xenomorphs. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a fan of uh, of the
1: new alien stuff. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people are probably with you on that one, actually.
0: And so when you said, you know, put on Except a dress. Michael Fossbender, if he ever hears this, I love you.
2: <laughs> when you said he put on a dress, I was picturing a xenomorph in a dress. Well, that's just because you're sick.
3: I mean, <laughs> we, we all know Chuck just come out with a you new know, top hat and monocle and sing Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs>
1: You know, it's funny. Uh, actually, going back to your uh, friend Mike again, um, when you were talking about someone that... He's
0: not even here and he dominates the conversation. I know, right?
1: <laughs> but uh, he... So when you were describing him as being a person that is a uh, slow build of character, mm-hmm. you have that kind of person, and then you have someone like me, who you know, I'm very light when I create a <laughs> character, and then everything just comes up mainly in improv when I'm just, you know, we're playing. If something comes up and I think it's funny, I usually end up doing it. Um... And that has worked out for me in the past. I would like to get past that and actually try to work a character that has a little bit more rules um, around them. But it's usually pretty fun. Um, to be fair, I've done detailed characters, but at the same
3: time, like, several years after you know, starting playing you know, D&D, we played a campaign in Eberron, which has a sentient robot race that you can play yeah. as. And my entire the warf- character... The Warforged? Yeah, the Warforged. Yes. Yeah. My entire character background just said I am Master Chief. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm a Warforged. I look like Master Chief.
1: There you go. <laughs> yeah. Which I I mean it is fun. Like it's worked yeah. out for me uh, it, to a point cuz I've actually ended up creating probably a million characters uh, and yeah. Probably drive Chris crazy every now and then when I'm just like, "Hey, I think I'm going to create a new character because I'm getting bored with the last one," Uh, you know, because I didn't spend any time thinking about it and just kind of made it. uh, You just kind of winged it. But uh, I did have to laugh uh, that one time that we were playing, and uh, we had um, the. I think we were supposed to be going out to a. Was it a shop? I think we were playing uh, the Star Wars one one time, and uh, you were working with uh, Jen on her character. And then the rest of us kind of decided that we were just going to go out and rob a store in the middle of Star Wars.
0: And ironically, there was a pre made encounter in one of the books that I was able to just go, alright, here's the store.
1: Yeah. (laughs) To which, you know, we took advantage of in the most. uh, Yeah, it was a kind of fashion.
3: Yeah. Duro storekeeper and Joey was playing a Duro. So (laughs) (laughs) when the Empire shows up, what are we going to do? And I just. Looked at him and like, dude, we're aliens. We all look the same to them. Just stand behind the counter.
1: <laughs> but you're missing the the biggest point, which is we killed yeah. the shopkeeper. Keeper. Yeah, and then stole all the stuff. Yep. and then we put Joey in his clothes and and you know, obviously, like had him stand in front, wait for the Imperials. And then we just, happened? And then we just role played our way out of it. Which is,
0: L- ladies fun. and gentlemen, I want to point out that Ryan seems to think I was upset by this, but when they hmm. looted the store, I gave them a thermal detonator.
1: Yeah. So I rewarded their
0: yeah. <laughs> their. Uh- no, no, if you
1: were upset, you probably yeah. would have killed one of us. Yeah. <laughs> you have that power.
3: <laughs> but, yeah, we're, you know, this is also the encounter where we needed a speeder And you just sat there while we're negotiating the price for it. You just walk up and shoot the salesman and take it and drive off.
0: Yeah, he drove off without his party members, by the way. So they're left standing standing with a corpse.
1: Yeah, In the middle of the street in broad daylight. Which then later resulted in the uh, eventual, I think, what was it, the the bar uh, massacre where uh, we also walked in. I mean that was that was probably like me and I think was it me you and Alex that were playing that one yeah because me you and Alex were probably the bloodiest people we've ever played with it was constant action a lot yeah. of fun not a lot of NPCs that was amazing <laughs> I think it's amazing
0: that if any one or two of you are together it doesn't get that bad when all three of you are together it just seems to be that's like the missing circuit and yeah. you just start going you just spiral more and more and more yeah and that yeah you know,
1: and yet we somehow make it
3: yeah routinely oh yeah. That goes back to the first group of people that I played with, Alex was in it, and it was me, Alex, and our friend Huff would always do that. That was our goal, because our friend Carney was typically running it, or Alan, it was just, what the hell can we get away with? How can we derail this? Let's just try and piss them off tonight.
0: <laughs> uh, and this goes to one thing that I have learned over the years playing as a GM uh, is you got to know your audience. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are like, I want to tell this story and I'm like, okay, but don't the more detailed you go, the more you're in you're going to end up throwing out. I know I've done this joke before where like you guys, I will have an adventure and we'll start playing and usually after about 30 to 45 minutes, I will jokingly pick up a bunch of papers and throw them behind me. You know, yeah. the joke being, well, there goes my plan. We're over here now. Yeah. Uh yeah. or uh or even better, where it's just like we'll be on page one, and somehow in and a- I'm planning for four hours, and in two and a half you've gotten to page six. There is no page six. Yeah, but they've gone through the first four faster than I thought. Yeah. Um. So it's just you got to know your audience. Yeah. So like exactly. if you're, and I think that's where a lot of frustration comes in. Is a lot of people will be like, I want to play this kind of game. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 Jen has told us yeah. that's what she wants. She wants to play a very like serious, you know, kind of game. That's what she wants to have fun at, and I think that's part of why she has a hard time with you guys, because you guys start off, like I said, you spiral, uh, I say they spiral, I don't want to say they spiral out of control, because there's always method to their madness, and, and like Ryan said, they end up where everybody else would have, it's just... Instead, there's
3: a higher body
1: count. And there's, there's a higher there's body count. S- there's usually something broken. I was going to there's a, a smoldering
0: vehicle ruin stolen. somewhere. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um. yeah, the speeder bike that he stole got loaded into our ship. We flew it up and backed it into the control tower yep. and launched it out of the hangar yeah. or out of the cargo bay.
1: Which, and... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> and
3: I was like, and there was no way of ever getting that thing back and down. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and that's... Uh, personally, for me, this is why I really wanted to talk about this today. That was because... So... <laughs> RPGs span a lot of different things. There's the tabletop ones that come down to someone creating the rules and the storyline for you. And there's the ones that you can play uh, on computers and uh, Playstations and Xboxes. Those kind of RPGs, though, usually have a stricter set of rules, obviously. Uh, You're probably going to end up at the ending that it wants you eventually. Um, Or to break them. Yeah, sometimes they, they offer you different paths here or there, but the greatest thing about tabletop RPGs is, like Chris said, you essentially get to play whatever you want, as as long as the GM okays it, which I think most of the time, most of them are pretty fine yeah, and okay As long with as there's reason. Messing around. You know. Oh, yeah. And that's that's always the fun part to me. Um, I know that, uh... I think it was that one time we were playing where uh, you sent us into like a hut palace uh in the Star Wars one, Uh-oh. and uh,
0: can you confirm that? Yep, yes. that was exactly <laughs> where shot. I was going. Hotshot, can uh, you confirm that? Because
1: yeah, we were supposed to be bartering for something for a body or something like that. We loaded the body up with explosives, um, went inside of it, wound up blowing up the hut and the palace that he was in. Had to escape. This is the one where Joey first played with us and yeah. wound up almost dying from a, his character almost died from a hatchet or an axe thrown at him. Fibro axe. Um,
0: yeah, and that that Jabba's guards almost yeah. turned yeah. him into chop suey. Exactly,
1: yeah. and that's the fun part. That's what I've always been impressed with when I play, is just the the freedom. Yeah, yeah. and somebody crashed my ship and damaged
3: it. Yeah, or they didn't safely land it, and then you know
1: the hut. I'm pretty, uh, su- I'm pretty sure that was my character that crashed yeah. the yeah crashed our ship into the palace and then crashed it into the landing pad. And <laughs> As yeah, I recall the well.
0: ship did not get damaged by yeah. Like, it, crashing you didn't damage the, it. Yeah. It was well, the Hut Guards people grabbed a cannon and actually shot. That it. is correct.
3: And I proceeded to <laughs> go completely psychotic and slaughter them all because of it, <laughs> and then stole the couch. <laughs>
2: well, and it was a nice the, couch. Uh, with this current campaign we've been playing in Star Wars. Yeah, you know, this was my first time playing with y'all, and within the first five minutes, we had set a couch on fire and dumped it over the balcony of an apartment building. So I was like, "Okay, after so stealing it, there's going to be this kind of group." All right, yep. And I was all set to play a. Super uptight Butler droid, and <laughs> now by our latest adventure, I found myself in a bar hitting on twins.
3: Yeah, it started off by torturing somebody for some money, stealing his couch because the money's in it, and then going, "Well, it's in the cushion. I guess we can just set it on fire and push it off."
1: Yeah,
0: and to point and to to point out a detail to you, Keith, you're talking about how you wanted to play an uptight character. I think you still pull that off. It's just now the dynamic has become. You know, uh, like we were talking about, his character is now. You should speak to me. I'm the nice one <laughs> yeah. because your alternative is them. <laughs> yeah, they burn things for fun. They don't <laughs>
1: function normally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: You don't want to talk to that Nautilus
3: Mandalorian. He likes to torture and kill stuff, and possibly blow it up or just light it on fire. <laughs> He's not, not right in the head. I'm not
0: entirely sure that the other one hasn't rigged something to explode.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's see. Nine I times it? out of ten, it's the, just
1: chucking uh, the thermal detonators, too, and hoping that they don't blow us the, up. The <laughs> novel in,
0: will see how many times
2: he can stab you before you die. His record is 372. <laughs> and my other friend there, well, you'll get into a drinking contest with him, and when you wake up, you'll find an explosive device of some kind wedged in your digestive tract. Whatever
1: kind it is,
0: well, that depends on the mood he's in.
1: <laughs> or two, depending on how the mission's going. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's, but, just, that's like just the natural progression of a, of a character concept. Yeah. you know. I, I think you're, you're, a, you're an author, and you'll understand this, that whenever you start writing something, uh, if you're really into it and you stick with it long enough, it eventually takes on a life of its own. And it actually changes as time goes on, and you're like, oh, wow, I hadn't expected it to end up here, but all right, cool. Yeah. yeah. You know?
2: Like, with the characters for the book series that I'm writing, you know, I start off just making them this particular way, you know, like, you know, the main character's best friend is a womanizer, and I just, you know, writing out a character sheet for him, all of a sudden I look back, oh, he's actually afraid of being left in a room by himself. That is his biggest fear. How did I come up with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, too, um... Rolling back on your earlier talk about uh progression of storylines uh, and you know, how the GM comes up with adventures Tran- and that kind of stuff.
0: Transcript of this podcast is going to be: Oh, we're on this topic now. See page two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, we're we're on this topic now. All right, go back to page seven and page six.
2: <laughs> well, that's the genius of a podcast. You can rewind the conversation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll just I'll just edit it all into one uh, cohesive one point cohesive thought. Yeah. Um, but no, I was uh, I was gonna say like my one of my f- one of my favorite TV shows has always been Community, which obviously Dan Harmon is a huge fan of D and D and tabletop RPGs, and uh, has done two episodes uh, on them. Where in the first one they played a pre made game, Abed kind of had fun with it, but he was like the game master, so he kept everything rule fun. The second one was much more like the kind of RPGs that we play, which is Abed walked in with a giant binder full of where they were going to go, and immediately in the first two minutes, they broke a bridge, all their characters fell off, and they were all swept away on a river, and Abed just took the binder and threw it off to the side. His, <laughs> his story at that point was gone, but he was a game master. He knew the rules of what he wanted and the kind of story that he was going to tell and progressed to that.
0: The best line he has in that, in that game is, what is it where, I forget if it's the first one or the second one, but somebody points at him and says, well, you need to do this and his immediate reaction is no i don't
1: yeah i don't need to do anything like, i don't do anything
0: i provide the the world and the consequences the choices are yours mm-hmm. like i'm not doing this you are and i love that line because even though he's kind of a really goofy character yeah. that that is a very strong gm strategy like there are yeah. a lot of gms that do that yeah. my brother does that where he will just present the world he will present the world and decide what the villains doing other than that everything's on you (laughs) yeah and if you don't find the villain before the villain finishes guess what you don't win
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) well during our last Star Wars adventure you know you had the book open running the adventure and then I can't remember what we were doing at the time but you just closed the book and were like I want to see where this
1: goes (laughs) (laughs) which is always a fun part of our games you know seeing where it goes we certainly need uh, more of that I would say um just since most of the time like if anybody does try to keep it on straight tracks like you said with Jen we usually end up ruining that person's time or at least uh, not ruining it but just causing it to be a little bit more stressful Yes,
0: (laughs) and it's not even on purpose a lot of the times it's just you have a straight narrow path and it's just like hey we're we're meandering over in this direction, but you don't want to stop it because it makes perfect sense. Yeah, you know, all the choices we've made made sense, and they were logical, and they weren't like crazy. We just ended up over here, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah. You can't choose how the, your players are going to think and choose their actions. Yeah, you well,
0: you, actually, you can. It's called plot hammering.
3: Yeah,
0: um, yeah. <laughs> well, right. so you I'm do not that. go to that
3: bar. Yeah. You go here instead. Yeah,
0: a very popular. Say. Not a very <laughs> popular choice outside of a computer game. Yeah. 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 Well, it's the same sort of
2: concept as like watching a movie versus playing a video game. Right. You know, either one can have a great story, but playing the video game, you are actually a part of it.
1: Yeah.
2: You know that it's like I can play a video game for hours on end. But if you sit me on a couch to watch a movie, I will start to fidget just because it's like I, I want to be a part of this. I want to be doing something. I can't just sit here.
1: Yeah, which is is definitely. I mean, like you're saying, like linear storylines are great. I mean, obviously there are amazing movies. There are amazing hell the the video games that qualify as RPGs are usually really fun. Have great storylines. But no matter how much that kind of stuff gives you the freedom to sometimes lose yourself in someone else's storyline or something like that, at the end of the day, most of the time, people kind of want to play what they want to play. Like, I know there's been tons of video game RPGs that I've been playing where I've thoroughly enjoyed my character and love it a lot. And then I'll start getting to the point where I'm like, well, I just want to go over here. And you hit that wall. And you're like, well, I, I don't I don't want to hit the wall. I want to keep going. You know? And uh, that was... You know. That
2: That is something that tabletop RPGs definitely have over video games is just, there is no map that you are stuck on. There yeah. are no invisible walls that you can run into.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, even amazing video games, I mean like uh, I know I was talking to you uh, a while ago that I had finally gotten... He's uh, looking at me, folks, by yeah. the way. <laughs> for Chris, I'm sorry. But I, uh, I had told you that I had gotten uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Absolutely stunning. You know, like, an amazing game, absolutely beautiful, great storytelling, amazing character. Yeah. Whoever came up with Null is a great man. Yeah. Or woman. Whoever. Whoever yeah. came up with Null is,
0: I, I give them a high five. Yeah.
1: You know. Yeah. But, I mean, like, at the end of the day, though, no matter how much you play it, at the end of the day, you're hitting a wall somewhere. Like, I mean, the game is absolutely massive, but at the end of the day, there's a wall, there's, yeah. there's a house you can't go into... There's a you know there's, a choice you can't yeah. make yeah a choice there, you can't make
0: there was a there was a I think I've mentioned this to you guys before there was a video game I played back for the PS3 called uh, Alpha Protocol now Alpha Protocol had very poor graphics it had um, the gameplay was eh it was good enough but I played that game about eight times because the way they set it up is the choices you made not only determined like what direction you were going in, but it, it would it would determine who the last boss was. The, the, the actual story would completely change as to who's doing the thing yeah. based on the choices you made. And it's one of the few games I played where there are four areas, and what order you go in determines how the characters interact with you. So if you go to Thailand first... When you go to Greece, the people in Greece are going to go. Oh, I heard about what you did in, you know, um, in uh, in Thailand or whatever, you know. And but what I'm saying is, yes, it as intricate as that game was, and mm-hmm. I got eight playthroughs out of it. Eventually, you run out because there's yeah. only so much they can write onto a disc.
1: Yeah, yeah. I
3: mean, along with like actions you can't do, the first Mass Effect would have ended a hell lot different for me because. When you meet the first bad guy or the guy who ends up being the bad guy, I'm like, Oh, you're my partner. Spoilers. Yeah. Well, the game's been out, it's for, been a while. out for a while. Yeah, yeah.
1: We don't we don't we don't play that spoiler game on here. Yeah. We'll do it for like new Maybe movies. You don't. No no. Mm <laughs> Yeah, like, new new podcast rule, number one.
0: <laughs> but
1: wait, we'll we'll I might say it. that game right. eventually
2: in ten years or so. All right, well, when Sar- they,
0: Saren's the villain. and <laughs> they
2: re, re-release it with the Super Ultra
3: Master Edition. But yeah, like when you meet Saren, my first act, or thought was, can I just shoot this asshole? Yeah. And I was like, the game would have ended pretty much right there. Hey, there goes the main villain. You just shot him in the back of the head.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Bury him next to Nihilus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, well I mean, he's also shot in the back of the head. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I mean, hell, like, for, I mean, it's a perfect series to bring up though, for one reason in particular, which is that game prided itself on so many different choices that would lead to so many different outcomes at the end of the game, and logically, no, no yeah, logically that's not possible. I mean, at some point the game's got to end. Game's got to have an ending, and at the end of the day, you could have a million different things that you did throughout the game, and at the end, it's not really going to matter. Yeah, They they had three endings. Then they color-coded them, and then everybody got mad.
2: (laughs) I'm one of the uh, minority. I thought the ending to Mass Effect 3
0: was brilliant. (laughs) We're going to pause here while we tar and feather this man.
1: (laughs) Everybody's entitled to an opinion except that one. That's going to be <laughs> rule number two right there. No, they're not. <laughs>
2: it can't be any worse than the reaction I got the first time I told someone that I don't want them to bring Firefly back. I thought he was going to castrate me there, right in the li- right in the middle of the line for Space Mountain and Disneyland.
3: He would have been a bright. I mean, that's appropriate.
0: <laughs> Couldn't have been the worst thing that's been chopped off at the
1: Space Mountain and May- <laughs> <at> Disneyland. <laughs> Bazinga <laughs> <laughs> no yeah but that's I mean getting back to it all like that's the best part about RPGs though it's seriously just the ability to kind of come up with your own character your own direction um, you know have a GM that legitimately cares about the characters and what everyone's doing just to make sure that Unless the game steal is lots fun. of
3: couches and ships to build your pirate armada <laughs> everybody needs a couch or two <laughs> Um, right, my fault. Pirate Armada and Couch Emporium.
2: Well, to some extent, video games are starting to give you a bit more freedom with that sort of thing. For sure, you know, with a lot of
3: the yeah. sandbox
2: games, yeah. you get like you know Minecraft or you know, some of the games I really like was Daisy or more recently Seven Days to Die. Yeah, there is no actual story; it's just whatever you and whatever people you're playing with come up with while you're there. Yeah.
1: And then and then obviously you have other stuff like everyone was really impressed with Zelda Breath of the Wild, absolutely beautiful game. It's a game that could be beaten in 30 minutes and they proved that with a couple speed runs. I mean, yeah. the the storylines are there. It's for a lot of them now it's how much time do you want to put in them as you play. Well, the
0: Fallout games are that way too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, somebody showed me the first Elder Fallout Scrolls. game,
1: huh? The Elder
3: Scrolls games too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like yeah.
0: the first the first Fallout mm-hmm. game, you could literally go outside the first area, hang a right, and walk until you get to the end. Yeah. Like, the bad guy... I'm told the bad guy is always there, you know?
1: So. Yeah. But, you know, and that. All right, so talking about those... So those particular video game RPGs, again, like we've said, they're, they're getting there as far as storylines and stuff like that. The problem with them still comes down to, unlike tabletop RPGs, you can get a group of four or five of your friends sit down in person and have fun. For a lot of these games that are that big and that immersive... They don't give you the now some do like the massive multiplayer online game like RPGs and stuff like that, where you have tons of people playing. But at the end of the day you're still not it's not five people technically experiencing the world as a whole. Those characters are still pretty like for the Star Wars one that we played, the old Republic, yeah. We could have five people playing. They could all be experiencing different storylines the problem that i've always had with those kinds of games is nothing really changes. Like you play it, you get to a point, you have a cutscene, the end of the day nothing changes. Whereas if you play a tabletop RPG, especially with a good person that's tell me the game, if one person blows up a mountain for whatever reason, that mountain's gone. And that's yeah. it. Like it's not yeah. it's, it's not like, like you're a dynamic going,
3: game versus exactly, the like MMO being static. static well, like i could do yeah. the
0: same quest 6 or 7 times and yeah. It, it's the same story over and over again and it doesn't make logical sense that uh, my character's already done this yeah but
3: yeah yeah or that you sit there and walk into the throne with the king and you know hey I can't kill him and take over yeah I can sit there and chuck all the grenades I want in this room he's still gonna be alive
0: I did that to somebody one time they went into um, they went into a, a, ca- a castle that one of our one of my players had created in a previous game. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he did is I told I, I talked about how Josh, if you're listening, this is for you. When the when the doors opened, I talked about how there were these massively ornate doors, and Josh was playing an elf, so immediately he looks at the wife, you know my the my previous character's wife, you know my friends who the character in game that he married, and she's the only one there, and he immediately insults her uh, because he's talking about how did you cut down all the trees to make those doors. Well, knowing my friend and what my friend would do if his wife was insulted, I had the court wizard cast Finger of Death on him, and he died. <laughs> it was, it's the record for my fastest PC kill. Uh, he literally made the character ten minutes earlier. <laughs> well, it's like uh... Which turned out to be he wasn't too upset, because I looked at him and I was like, now. Your character is dead because you've insulted the queen. On the plus side, we didn't know anything about him. Just change the name on the character sheet and keep going. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, like we played a D and D game that one of my friends ran, and
0: can you hear me leaning back f- here? Do what? I wanted to lean back. Can you still hear me?
1: Yeah, it's still picking up fairly oh, well. I mean, okay. it might it might be a little bit if you just move. It. Yeah, like oh, okay. technical problems. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done a podcast before. I don't know how sensitive this thing is. I hate regards? to tell you, I haven't either. So, none of us have It's going to spend it it's going to spend
2: supposed to like eat the microphone just yeah. it right up on it. make yep. love to the mic.
0: Love it. For those yeah, of you I've not, always
1: heard if you put your tongue on the microphone, then you're doing good.
0: For those of you who <laughs> don't have the visual aid that I do, Keith is putting his tongue on the
1: mic.
3: <laughs> but yeah, like we play the
0: He's a very healthy colored tongue, you know. Most tongues are discolored. <laughs> I'm sorry, go on before I keep I think
2: moving. that's the nicest thing anyone said. about you need me to talk
3: before I keep going. All right. <laughs> But no, we like played a game and our, our our friend Alan played a half-orc who wanted to sit there and unite all the orcs against the humans or whatever and didn't see that as racist for trying to kill all humanity.
0: Hashtag kill all humans. Yeah.
3: And we were on a quest <laughs> and he stole like the one ring, basically, ate it because he didn't want to give it up and wanted to use his power, and later on in the campaign, I decided I had enough of it and killed him as he was leading his orc, or orc army to you know take over a town. He then decides, alright, well, I'm going to run the game and decide that, well, he still united them, they took over, and there's now a gigantic statue of them. So, we're leaving the area, and Alex and I go, alright, well, let's do it all over again. As we're leaving the orc capital, blow up the giant statue of them as a distraction, and then just fly away. (laughs) We're like, nope, your character does not get to live and survive no matter what form he takes.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted there for a moment because I was wondering, what would happen if you were to put the one ring around your
3: dick?
0: And
2: I there it, it. <laughs> is. there it be, is. Let's be honest. We did pr- pretty well before yeah. we went down in the gutter. There's
1: nothing <laughs> wrong with going in the gutter. The gutter is where this is supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest, he'd probably turn invisible just like, uh, just like they normally did in Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Yeah. It still stays.
0: I thought your story was going to end with you saying I killed him and then went through his bowels to get that ring. I oh, no, was... I let somebody else do that. Okay, I was very surprised I was the that ranger. it just ended with you blowing up a statue. That was not where I thought it would be.
3: <laughs> no, I was a ranger. I let everybody else run and you know, try and charge them and go, all right, I'm going to use all these feats and just fire a couple of air- magic arrows at them from a mile away and hit them.
0: But this reminds me of one of the RPGs that I I have played before was a Star Trek RPG. Right now, I'm a huge Star Trek fan, and a bunch of my friends we got together and we we found this Star Trek RPG, and it um it was not well written. You know, it was kind of written very hastily, and then the company went out of business. Yeah, the point was that we had a blast playing it. Because early on, we realized that the game rules weren't that great. The character creation was, but the rest of it wasn't. So the joke was, the less we use the rules, the more fun we have. Um, We actually had the running gag that it was a TV show. And I named every session as if it were an episode... And when we went, whenever when someone had to use the bathroom, I was just like, "All right, commercial break. This 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 episode brought to you by you know Toyota, you know." And it just it was just it just became a running gag, you know. And I would yeah. tell people that you know, hey, the the so and so got the most fan mail today, you know, or something. So we actually <laughs> would treat it like you know uh, an RPG, and the different campaigns were the seasons. So it's like now season two. See, I would play that camp
3: or that game. I just want the skill summon red shirt. <laughs>
0: Well, that's easy. Just get four pips on your on your, uh... Are you sure on that one wasn't
1: in, and in the rules? <laughs> yeah. Die. That's got to be in the rules. It right? is.
0: Get four pips on your could singer. <laughs> you're the captain. You can pretty much order anybody to
1: die. <laughs> yeah.
3: Just be like, all right, you guys sit there and do this. Summon Richard and just pick... somehow pick up a Richard and just throw him into whatever it is. All right. Problem solved.
1: Throw him, dude. He's probably going to wind up there. He's a red shirt. I that's know. What they do.
3: Just summon, you know, Richard out of nowhere. Just reach back and say, thunk. There it is a red shirt. Look, the monster killed him. All right. <laughs> There goes Bob, number 42, I think.
1: <laughs> I like at this point that red shirts have just become lemmings. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're they're pre-programmed to find themselves in places that they're going to kill themselves.
0: Funniest joke I ever heard is it had uh, it a comic strip of Kirk and Spock reappearing on the transporter pad, and there's a pile of dead red shirts behind him. And yep. Kirk was just like, man, that was a really successful uh, mission. And Spock's like, yeah, we only lost eight and a half red shirts. And Kirk's like, I know, right? That's what, like two people? <laughs> <laughs> it's worth two.
1: Alright, and with that, uh, we're actually at the 58-minute mark, uh, which is always good. We've had a couple of places that I'll edit out for Dead Space, which has been, you know, it's going to happen.
2: I want them Uh, to bring that game back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, overall, I'd say this is a good one. Glad you guys could join us today. Um, We'll definitely be back with another episode, probably in about five minutes, if anybody wants to stick around and do another one. But, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us on that Get Lost podcast, and uh, we'll get lost in some more crazy-ass topics and probably end up talking about some more uh, Master Rings on cocks at some (laughs) point. All (laughs) right.
2: That was the most important thing in that podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a week, people.